Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, we get to put a bow on the previews today. Uh, I hope your day is going splendidly. you know, we talked about like the most anticipated ones that we were going to do during the whole cycle. This is the one I've been looking forward to the most. Uh, I yeah, have been you, you said you had keeping... some spicy takes. I kind of do too after finishing up research today. Well, I've been keeping a secret about the way I feel about these two teams, saving it for the finale. Like you don't, I don't think I've been all the media I've done. I've, I've steered clear of really kind of making my opinion known about the AFC North and you know, how I really think the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens shape up. Um, But I have strong opinions here. Uh, I think there are market bettable angles this moment uh, with these two teams that will be fun to dive into. Uh, And we're going to start with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, what, uh, where should we go first? I guess, um, an unexpectedly positive season. Uh, I saw that the Betsperts account or was it the deep dive account retweeted our, uh, our super cut of just absolute garbage takes about the Bengals from last I mean, year. And- Even the yeah. one where we made fun of them taking a kicker who ended up being a pro bowl kicker effectively or an yeah. all pro kicker. <laughs> and t- to quote our friends from letter Kenny. If anyone watches that funny Canadian show, to be fair, we were not the only ones. It was a high uncertainty team. I did bet their season win total under, but I did not lay a cent of juice. I bet them under three and a half and under two and a half wins. I said, if, if Burrow doesn't pop back from this injury properly, which actually, if you look at some of the splits from the first half of the second season, he didn't, he was still very good. Um, the offensive line did not get fixed. We were, you know, a lot of uncertainty around pieces on the defense and the head coach. Mm-hmm. I said, this could be a really bad team. This is a high volatility team, but I, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm almost like hedging what I said, because I, I, I said high volatility, but I didn't give a lot of credence to the long tail of upwards. And again, to be fair, to be fair, they only won 10 games. This was a team that didn't, you know, blaze into the playoffs with 12, 13 wins and a high seed. They had to play four playoff games and they lost to the Bears and the Jets. This was a weird team. This was a goofy <laughs> season. You don't see uh you don't see things like this happen, you know, all that often. But yeah, they 10 and 7 won the division for the first time since 15. They again, like I said, they lost to the Jets and the Bears. But they beat the Bills twice during the season as well, as well as going into Tennessee in the playoffs and winning, which uh, the playoff games, the biggest margin of victory in any of the playoff games they had was in the first one, the Raiders game. All the rest were like three-point games. You know, that was their first playoff win since 1990. Obviously, they mentioned that plenty during you know during the playoff run, but I'd forgotten about that till now. That is a long-ass drought, so... Kudos to the Queen City for having something to cheer for. But 1990, Drew, I was five, six years old. You were markedly older because you're, you know, well into your 40s. But Surely. still, we were we were young, young men at this point. That's a long, long time ago. They beat the one seed. They beat the two seed. They got to the Super Bowl and really almost won. And it's funny, the, the memes from the beginning of the season where you had Jamar and Chase – you know, the, where Burrow gets tackled trying to throw to Chase because they didn't take Sewell or, um, you know, they could I guess they could have taken either top lineman. They were both very good. But it turned out like, well, it got him in the end. But in the long run, it wasn't one of those, like, say the Bills made the Super Bowl and lost. Mm-hmm. That would have been dis- mm-hmm. That would have been, like, disappointing. You know, yeah. same thing with a, a lot of the teams, the Rams, the Packers. Uh, you know, a, a bunch of teams from the AFC, honestly. But like, you know, this was a team with a six and a half win total. They won a bunch of games, several of them on the road in the playoffs. It felt like house money. Like if you're a Cincy fan, you're feeling still pretty good. 
even, you know, we're going to throw some cold water on some of the roster problems, but still getting that to happen that early in the, you know, the Joe Burrow era, it feels pretty good. Like you got them, you got Joe Burrow four playoff games under his belt. That's helpful. Yeah, You can shit talk this offensive line and talk regression all you want. You can't take that kind of experience away from the young man. We talked about how poised he was. And I mean, that's just going to help things. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. They, they were a tough team in the playoffs for a lot of people because the numbers really didn't suss out not betting against them. Like there was a bunch of times like, well, we should probably bet against this team. Right. And for Christ's sakes, it was a, I mean, it was, it was what we had. And now the question we have to answer is like, is Joe Burrow, you know, is, is this the kind of team, the kind of franchise, the kind of ownership management group that builds around this and turns this into a, Hey, we're going to do this a few more times in the next five to 10 years. Or is it Dan Marino's career where, Hey, you got to a super bowl super early. And then, Hey, you're very good, but this team just isn't good enough for, I don't know, the next 15 years. And you're going to go in the hall of fame, but not with a ring buddy. (laughs) I mean, those things happen. It's very hard to win a super bowl. It's harder to do it in a small market with uh, the spending being what it is, I suppose. And I don't know. I'm, I'm excited by this team because some of the, you know, they have holes, but some of the positions they filled and filled in spades are the most important positions. And mm-hmm. I don't know, we'll, we'll get to 2022. I mean, your, your takeaways from a 10 win season that saw them almost win a Super Bowl. Like if that, if that line holds out a little longer, they might have won the game in the end. Oh yeah. Oh, that was a very winnable game for them. Um, I mean, I was playing with house money at that point, but yeah, I would have been disappointed. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals went 14, six and one against the spread last year as underdogs. They were nine, two and one. Uh, so this was a team that was extremely, um, friendly to their backers. And they, came out of the gates hot like you were talking about playing their win totals under they already had five wins by week seven yeah it was um, not fun for that and on it was like the funny the first two weeks were funny because yeah week one was fluky you shouldn't have beat the vikings you got a, fl- a fortunate call uh and a long field goal to win that game but you should have beat chicago week two um and then you know the wins you got against pittsburgh detroit and then you know the pittsburgh and detroit were solid um but it was still kind of a uh, you know, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, and Detroit were solid. And then it was still yeah. kind of a, maybe this is a team that's just going to beat up on the bad teams this year. And then they went into Baltimore, a six and a half point dogs, and they basically announced their presence. That was a superlative game by them. They had a perfect game plan. They picked on that Baltimore secondary that was hurting some, missing some pieces. They won 41-17 going away. Uh, and that was a statement game. Yeah, they went um, full gap, full gap band on them. <laughs> Forty-one yes. points. It was incredibly. I remember that performance. It incredible. was, and that that was what was so maddening about this team, because yeah, that was super impressive. We saw that, and then you get to the next week, which again, maybe I should just to be fair, this whole episode. To be fair, third straight road game for a young team, but man, like. It's almost, and it's funny, we're in U.S. Open times, and anyone who bets tennis knows that a break of serve is not really a break of serve unless you consolidate it. Surely. Like yeah, if for you, sure. If, if you do not let the, uh, you know, you got to hold your serve after that, or it doesn't mean shit. You're just back at square one, and that's what the next game felt like. It's like, oh, like, this is, a, this is maybe a team that we need to turn heel on hard, and they're just going to do these sort of things, and, and they gave up. Gave up 34 to the Jets. It's <laughs> not not where you want to be. And I'm honestly, the, the next week as well, they gave up 75 points over the next two weeks heading yeah. into the bye. And my expectations certainly were retempered at that point. So yeah. I, the, these teams that have these roller coaster seasons where they have really, I mean, outlier results both ways, they're mm-hmm. so hard to bet on. They make it so yeah, hard. Yeah, they are. Just... But there's a common theme, and that's that they have young quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, and really, like, a lot of our kind of lack of enthusiasm for these guys last year, um, you know, they they threw us – it was a little bit of a curveball. 
Um, Joe Burrow towards ACL in year one. He did not get a full off season of really kind of getting reps and on, you know, kind of um, growing with the team, which is usually the recipe for a leap in year two. But for whatever reason, Joe Burrow is enough of a, uh, you know, an alpha, I guess, that he made the leap even without getting the offseason reps. Um, and some of that was due to the way that they rostered this team. Um, I think even up until they, you know, made the Super Bowl, I think people were still like, ah, you know, there's, there's some clear signal. If you look at the data, they're not very efficient. Ah, you know, they're just, uh, they're, they're getting it done with explosive plays and this is not repeatable. Well, if you put three absolute horses out there at wide receiver with a quarterback, who's got the talent and the, and the moxie of Joe Burrow, you've got a dynamic offense in the NFL in the year 2022. And it was amazing to see it play out as into playoff success. You, you can look at the playoff success and say they were fortunate by the way things broke. Clearly, um, losing the Week 17 game or, you know, winning the Week 16 game so that they could against Kansas City was, again, another statement game um, that obviously put, uh, you know, Burrow into the Comeback Player of the Year award catbird seat uh put jamar chase you know it gifted jamar chase the offensive rookie of the year uh and it put kansas or cincinnati in general into the driver's seat for the afc north so that they could rest some of their players week 17 which helped them avoid having to play kansas city in the first round of the playoffs instead they got the raiders uh the four or five seed winner then went on to tennessee instead of kansas city in round two um, so, you know, it was a little bit of their own doing that they got that preferred path. Um, and they were seven point dogs against the chiefs in the AFC championship game. I expected them to get mowed down. Um, but they did it in a different way than we had seen to that point, And that was that they made amazing adjustments defensively at halftime, uh, and just completely stumped the world's greatest offense, uh, at home with a uh, double digit lead. And so at the end of the day, even though this was there were lucky aspects to what happened for these guys in 2021, I do not qualify that as fluky whatsoever. I think you got clear, clear, clear signal that this team is uh, good. And I think that has to be your starting point for handicapping them in 2022 because they got better. <laughs> they added pieces. Um, we can kind of critique i think some of the decisions they made because you have the you have the golden ticket where you have a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal you know you have a, a young quarterback on a rookie deal who is the guy and you can at that point put all of your chips on the table put elite pieces around him and go chase that ring and for whatever reason i think probably because mike brown is cheap the Bengals didn't really do that. They they, they are they're selling record numbers of of of, of uh, jerseys. They they got a sponsor for the first time for their stadium, right? Like their money is coming in in you know just you know hand over fist. They can't give it to Mike Brown quickly enough, and yet they just kind of nibbled in free agency. They just kind of, you know, they didn't really, you know, make any splashy moves trading away future assets for bona fide pieces the way the Chargers did, the way the Dolphins did. And so it's kind of like the opportunity was there for them to be more aggressive, I thought. Um, but, it, the, you know, that doesn't change the fact that this is still an absolute bitching roster. And it's going to be, a you know, a factor when the chips... <laughs> You know, or, you know, when you're when you're accounting at the end of the season, this is going to be a team that you have to uh, to consider in terms of AFC and what is a crowded and very, you know, very qualified AFC. So, um, you know, they yeah. realistically, like, like you said, they could have won the Super Bowl. It was there for them. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, it was yeah. right there, and and that that I think that's what you get. And maybe in the end, I was right about them being high volatility, but I was going too macro and not micro enough. Where that's how their games played out. That's how you lose games to the Jets and Bears. 
Like when when things don't work, like you're gonna have bad games. When things work, you're gonna beat the Ravens, who, you know, had injured, and we'll get to that. But they weren't uh, that injured yet. Like it, once we got to like week 10, 12, 14, it's like, oh no, everyone's gone. But uh, you know, it, it makes me think of like the three true outcomes, you know, in like baseball. It's kind of, it was similar. Like, hey, we have deep pass, or we have Burrow gets sacked. You know, that's where does that put you as far as if that's your first down play? It puts you in a spot where you have a super low probability of making anything out of that drive, or you might have just scored. So, I mean, they, they were kind of feast or famine in that sense, where it's like you have the three best wide receivers in the division. Nah, Man, I'll put Deontay Johnson probably up there, but you have probably three of the best wide receivers in the division. You have the best one, two, three. You have a quarterback that gets it immediately. And your offensive line can't protect. So it's it's like if he gets the ball out, we're probably gonna move the chains. It was a fun, it was a fun team to watch. And it was again a little bit of a little maddening. And yeah, Joe Burrow is and he is a guy that gets it. I said that a lot last year. I said that even during his rookie year, the poise of a person who looked like he'd been in the league for a few yeah. years already, just didn't have any of that skitterish that stuff yep. that rookies have, didn't have the happy feet. And yeah, maybe should we just do hot all hot takes today? Because this will be a hot well, take. See, like hot take is like within the next few years, there'll be a there'll be a time where Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the league. Like we'll say, hey, he's the best yeah. quarterback in the league, and we're gonna come into a season and he's gonna be the favorite to win MVP. Like that is super probable in my mind. Like the the only thing that keeps that from happening is Herbert just keeps getting better and better. And it's just one, a one, one, a between those two, which honestly that, that seems probable as well. So that, I mean, we're in good shape because I remember a certain co-host not too long ago was a little worried about a quarterback drought. Apparently you oh, should have sure. been worried. You should have been worried about a different kind of drought. Jesus, you guys need some, you guys need some yeah. water up there, but quarterback drought has, you know, there's been some bad drafts over the last few years with that. Yes. And if, if Trevor Lawrence comes around and we get anything out of some of the, you know, like Fields and Lance, I think we're in good hands for the, it's, it's, you know, it's like Jurassic Park, man. Life finds a way. We're always going to have a few top quarterbacks and that's fun. So kind of final thoughts on 2021 were, yeah, it was, yeah, it was I, weird, but yeah, the way that roster yeah. was constructed, yeah. maybe not I think too surprising. It should, it, right. It shouldn't have been like, um, yeah. They they spent decently in free agency two years in a row leading into last year. Right? Yeah, they, they picked so, up some nice yeah, pieces. They picked up the nice pieces. And so we, we shouldn't give that short shrift, but they did invest in non-premium positions. Uh, and they didn't invest in the off in the offensive line until this most recent offseason. And uh and what's crazy is that like how do you know Burrow is gonna be good? How do you know he's gonna be a guy that we are talking about as a MVP front runner? best quarterback in the league in a couple of years. He shortcut the development process more than any other player I can think of. And yeah, it has just, been, it has been like he woke very, up one year very, and he was like a year four guy. He, he got a year need, four yeah, guy his, and a year three contract. Yeah, his, yeah, that's right. His, his, uh, his final, you know, his, his Heisman season at LSU. I mean, what else could he have proven that he, uh, besides he was that guy, he comes into the league Week two, behind an absolute ramshackled joke of a unit, he threw 60 passes in a Thursday night primetime game. Yeah. Like, typically, if you are a young quarterback and you don't have the reps, you don't have the experience, your telltale signs are you, the game is moving too quickly for you. You're having difficulty making decisions. You're having difficulty pulling the trigger on throws because, you know, the, you're, you're un sure of yourself you don't want to make the mistake and you're not 100 percent. You, know, you don't know what the moving parts are around you none of that ever faced him never right the only dings we had of him as, as a rookie were he was too small he needed to he needed to get an nfl body like it was a little yeah. it was he was a little too small i think we compared oh. him to kevin garnett we're like if he fills out like garnett we have a Garnett <laughs> was, career. Was, remember was a little, little KG was in like 95? Of course, of course, of course. And he was never afraid to push the ball down the field, never afraid to make the killer mistake, never afraid to, uh, you know, to, you know, never unsure of his abilities. And his abilities are bona fide. His ball is beautiful. Uh, and, you know, I think 
the fact that he showed you what he did last year and kind of made that leap to elite status in a year again where he did not have an offseason because he was recovering from an ACL surgery, that should be that much more of a signal that this guy is special. And now he goes into year three with a full season of preparation. And yeah, granted, you know, he had he had some injuries down. And actually, we didn't even mention that when we were reflecting on 2020. Yeah, he, he, he was he had he, he got dislocated. He messed yeah. up his other knee. Not obviously not nearly as bad, but he had like a, a messed up knee. Uh he, the, the an injury not seen since Nancy Reagan was in the White House, the throat contusion. That was something. Like he had to go to the hospital because he got banged in the throat so hard. They had to put him on voice rest. Remember that? Of course. Like, that was a th- I remember that was like a worry. Like, could he call audibles if he's not allowed to talk? Yeah. He, he was he was a gamer. He was tough. And I think the biggest the biggest takeaway for me, um, as far as why I think it's just going to keep getting better is what we saw from the first half to the second half of the season, where he was able to cut down a bunch on the picks. He was able, like he. If you look at it as a whole, it's like, yeah. hey, that's a pretty damn good year. But if you really take a look at that second half of the season. He knocked out the interceptions quite a bit. He made better, even even better decisions than he was already making. And, I mean, he was a better quarterback in the last eight games and obviously into the playoffs. And, yeah, yes. everything we our, – our main worries were Joe Burrow's coming off an injury. Check, that's fine. He was all right. Uh, Zach Taylor's an idiot. I mean, it's easy to overcome when you have that many skill position players. I, I think I, I – well, maybe we want to cover and this we, now. We might I need think, to revisit I think this. his – I think his coordinators are really good. I did a lot of I'm with with you there. And then I did a lot of like really kind of careful looking at that. And I think Zach Taylor is did a good job last year of just kind of staying out of the way. But he made some aggressive decisions on fourth downs. Like so he's kind of giving you which is funny because he's a McVeigh guy. Yeah, it is funny because yeah, Um, that's true. But then and then our other thing that we really teased on is like they wasted an entire draft pick on a kicker. That guy had like 14 guy, field goals the postseason. That was like a it's tied Vinatieri for the record, and he won yeah. several games yeah. for them. I mean, he was you talk about all the nice things we say about Joe and the poise where the big moments didn't get to him. How about Evan McPherson just stepping up to the plate and <laughs> taking the mantle from uh yeah. uh I you can't take the mantle from a guy who just signed a big contract, but man, what is about the AFC North and Big time kickers, kickers. big time kickers. McPherson, you know, you know, you never know how that career goes. Man, he he stepped up when he needed to, and clutch, 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 clutch. Um, so real quick, um, you brought it up. Burrow was a better quarterback in the second second half of the year than the first. Mm -hmm. He is technically he hasn't even given us two years of quarterback yet. Like he's still very very young in the progression. Uh, because he missed part of his first year with the ACL. Yeah, we're at like twenty um, games. Yeah, no, you got playoffs in there. I oh, suppose. yeah, playoffs. Yeah, Bengals. Yeah. The Bengals covered their last eight games of the season. <laughs> like this team closed hot, 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 and that is usually a bellwether of a team that is like just an easy bet on the next year, an easy bet on, and yet there's a coolness. Around Doubt the perception slinger. of this team, doubts linger, and I think that actually opens up an opportunity to bet on the Bengals. I think yeah. this is a bet. I think this is a pretty clear, obvious bet on team. Market is uh, a little behind for reasons that we can kind of dive into maybe later in the pod talking about the Ravens. But um, you know, the, uh, gonna, I'll throw some. Yeah. I'll throw some cold water on him eventually because there are some. Course, there sure, are some sure, issues for sure. But uh, the Super Bowl hangover. Well, hard to quantify why, when, who, where, but it is a thing. This is a team that had a semi-easiest schedule. Again, if you don't want to listen to us for an hour or you just don't have the time, which you should find the time first off, you jerk. But um, <laughs> our one of our one of our earlier guests this year, Cleve TA, go read his preview because I'm not writing anything down. He had the and I mean his his stuff is so brief. And he really, really, really did kind of nail it. This is, and this is the quickest cold water direct. This is directly quoted from his stuff. As great as Burrow was last year, the Bengals did face the second easiest schedule of opposing pass mm-hmm. defenses. They will, 
flip, and they'd be facing the single toughest set of opposing pass defenses based, again, based on last year's DVOA, which is tough. But at the same time, uh, they play Baltimore twice, and Baltimore's numbers from last year have to be lower than what they actually should be. So that probably sure. tempers any sort of variance in there. And then again from his, uh, they also receive the benefits of placing backup quarterbacks in Mike White, who they lost to, Josh Johnson, <laughs> Drew to. Locke, Andy Dalton, and Trevor Lawrence, plus two games against the skeleton corpse of Big Ben Roethlisberger. And again, that six games against quarterbacks that rated 33rd or worse in EPA per dropback. So they did get a lot of benefits. The schedule is, and they won 10 games, but they won the division. This is a first place schedule. Like we said, it's getting much, much tougher from a pass defense um, kind of a, you know, who you're facing for opposing pass defense is projected. Anything can happen. Anything can change. Um, to counteract that, they did bring in three pieces on the offensive line. They drafted some more pieces. They drafted some defense. And they retained, I mean, I don't know. Who, who do you think they lost that was super problematic? I'm trying to look at that. Uh, like the Trey Waynes thing doesn't bother me. Yuzuma and Riley Reef are probably the ones that maybe are important, but you brought in two offensive linemen that are, if nothing else, experienced. I know Karras didn't play center most recently, but he has in the past. And Lyle sure. Collins, that's an, that's an, I mean, essentially they brought in nobody, but people who will line up on the line of scrimmage. They got Hayden yeah. Hurst as well. So like it's yeah. a bunch of linemen that, you, you know, you, we we played we played with fire last year. We didn't get burnt too bad. Now we should just they went the opposite of the Bears, where the Bears just ah we don't need wide receivers and offensive linemen for mm-hmm. years in a row. The Bengals are like well we should get somebody right. So they didn't go out and make a huge splash, but got multiple pieces for the offensive line, which was you know the glaring glaring weakness. Maybe that helps a little with the Super Bowl hangover. Or what's I know your duckies and bunnies roses and you know, ice cream, but it's still uh, the, well, the schedule bothers the schedule bothers me a little. And then yeah, also, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll what we there. see, oh no, no, what no. we we'll see. Put from, your pin on the skip. Put your pin on your. I know, I know. There, there's right now. There, there's some there's some stretches there that are. God, especially if Dallas sucks, like you yeah, don't want to bet on this team the, now. Their schedule. We'll we'll get to we'll get to the schedule in a second, but yeah, but uh, uh, the let's, the, let's the other piece about. the other piece being yeah. uh, defensive coordinators now have you know that that wasn't the offense we saw last year was not the offense we saw the year before, not even close. You know, teams adjust, teams know how to stop this team now. Mm-hmm. Now maybe they you can say they know how to stop this team. That doesn't mean they execute it. doesn't mean they have the skill position players, the scheme or the in-game adjustments to actually do it. But they, everybody knows, you know, if you give somebody enough time with a chessboard, they're going to tell you what the best move is. Yeah. And these teams had all off season to scheme against this. It was a middling team when it comes to record, they had a nice run in the playoffs, but I, I do worry a little bit about that. Plus some of the just the high end teams they will play during the schedule. Okay. Um, the thing about the Super Bowl hangover is I just I am having trouble seeing it applying to these guys here because there are sort of like the Super Bowl hangover narrative that people like to point to. There are truths in, in the narrative part of it that kind of direct you know that that make it more than just bullshit narrative right yeah you get a tougher schedule because you're afraid it's a first you know presumably you're for you're a first place schedule uh, right? or you know you yeah. had six you had enough success yeah. you're, you're not Pres- a fourth place presumably schedule. right presumably guys got to get paid and you lose a couple of key pieces presumably like you're you're you were a team that was kind of building that to that point and now you kind of you know there there are clear player regressions right not everybody can play as well as they did in your super bowl run right like there all of those things are generally true of the teams that lose the super bowl but i will tell you sincerely and i honestly think try to think hard about a super bowl loser or winner who was as unexpectedly there as the bengals were last year 
you have to go back a long time to find a team that made a leap that was as big as the Bengals did last year from expected to finish fourth in division, six and a half wins to, oh, by the way, we made the Super Bowl. It is, there are very, 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 very few examples of this. You want to guess the most recent one? Is that Cardinals team not supposed to be good? Or the Giants? Ooh, Cardinals is probably a pretty good guess. That Cardinals team was kind of out of nowhere. And I don't think people thought we'd see the resurgence there from they went nine, the seven grocery and bagger, but <clears throat> the Cardinals team is probably a pretty good guess. Uh, um, the, the Carolina team, the, that team had a huge resurgence in record, but the team the year before was just super unlucky. They, yeah. Carolina, I'm assuming Cardinals were 50 to one preseason over under seven and a half. So that's pretty okay. close. I was going on back to the 2001 Patriots, which was their win total was six and a half. They were 60 okay. to one to win the Super Bowl that year. And you can say, yeah, they had a hangover the next season, but like that was the start of a dynasty because of where those players were on their arcs. Not the, you know, not an obvious like, oh, well, there's that was a one time thing. There's regression coming. Like this is all going to come falling apart. You can, I think you can probably point to the Seahawks a little bit for the win that they had over the, um, over the Niners. I believe they had been a playoff team the year before uh, and their win total. Oh, no, there were 10 and a half. So that doesn't count at all. Um, but no, this there's there's most of the teams that are thought of as Super Bowl hangover teams are teams that were kind of reaching the peak of their powers, didn't quite get it done, and then the next year expectations were a little too high, and so they're perceived as having un, you know underachieved because of the expectations were too high. And I don't really think that that's what we're looking at at all with the Bengals in the market right now. Um, they are clearly lined like a team that is on a second tier in the AFC, maybe third tier even, um, not the favorites to win their division. Uh, like, honestly, if they have, if they repeat success and go back to the Super Bowl, people will be like, God, can you believe these guys did it again? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy that that's where we're at with these guys, considering the fact that all of their key pieces are on the upward part of their arc. <laughs> <laughs> including, you know, yeah, coaches, it's not like they the have a bunch of old everything players. stayed together. Yeah. You know what else usually like, happens with Super Bowl teams that you know usually happens to Super Bowl teams lose? A couple a couple assistants get 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 picked off your staff. Uh, you know, a couple, you know, a couple of guys retire because that was like the end of, they were just hanging in to see if they could make one run. None of that happened with the Bengals. Like this yeah, team but, is coming back. Uh, Brian stronger. Brian Callahan wasn't uh wasn't getting didn't get in Jackson wasn't getting the Jacksonville job. Lou, oh, did he get in a room? I don't think, I don't know that he got any like, okay. I'd never keep up with that. They, most of it's just bullshit and posturing for the most part. They know who they want to hire. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I, so I, yeah. I think, and again, I, I, I think I understand why the market is cold though. I mean, it, it's, but between that, between the, obvious and expected resurgence of the Ravens squad, which probably has just as good of a roster, if not better than anyone in the division. Let's put a pin in that too. If, uh, well, it's the, they're bizarro, they're bizarro Bengals. Like if the Bengals have the best receivers, they have none of that. (laughs) (laughs) They have nothing to throw to. Yeah. Yeah. They have Mark Andrews and Devin Duvernay, but yeah, they, it's the Bengals or excuse me, the Ravens are expected to be good. The AFC is expected to be tough. This is still a coach that people don't trust and a young quarterback who had what people maybe perceive as a fluky season. We don't know that the offensive line is going to be improved. And you have a quarterback that's had two knee injuries already in two years. One of them was bad. He was sacked 70 times if you count the four playoff games 70 is a lot that is Derek not Derek Carr David Carr numbers that's not great additionally and how they how they how they count this as a stat is if you throw the ball and then you land up on your end up on your ass or your back it's a knockdown the ball has to be out for it to be a knockdown a knockdown is not overlapped with a sack additionally 49 knockdowns 
guy got rocked a lot. Like He's... honestly, making it through the season with only a few little injuries seems like uh, he was lucky. So if this offensive line doesn't get better, then yeah, fuck regression may be coming because then you have a bunch of defensive coordinators who are gunning all season, especially the ones in division, gunning to stop you. Especially, there's some experienced easier, defensive coordinators. Easier said than done. Easier said than done, yes. But you have a much tougher schedule of defensive pass coverage. You have a, overall a first-place schedule. And, yes, there's some nice stretches in there where I think you can make some hay. But, honestly, like, I have this team as a low-end playoff team. I think they win about as many games as they do last year. Like, okay. there's, there's enough There's enough toughness to the schedule where it's like yeah probably 10 11 wins like i i if i had to bet a season win total i'd bet the over because offense outduels defense every yeah. damn day but there's enough uncertainty around this team that i'm not you know champing at the bit to be betting on okay. them with, uh, uh, with some I'll of the respond. you know with some of the roster holes let me push back on a couple of the uh the points you made because i agree generally but to me at least Burrow taking all of those hits and still, you know, kind of making it through a Super Bowl run is 21 games. That's evidence that he did do enough just growth <laughs> developing his body to where he can now make it through an NFL season without being flagged as like a sincere injury risk. Um, but the, but the risk luck. is there. The like, risk is there. You get hit that many times. Yeah. And, if that I, happened, and if, the, it, if it repeats, it's not going to the odds of you being that lucky again don't seem that likely sure sure but the in the end and the offensive line lacks continuity but from a talent standpoint you cannot hold this group up to last year's group and say that they are in the same class at all this looks like from a talent standpoint a clear middle class if not above middle class if they find cohesion um and that should make i mean i like we like what where is you, the where ceiling? do you rank Karis? what is uh let me see uh so Karis I have above replacement level. Um but as a guard, yeah, and play center yeah. for a couple years. That's true. So that that's a, a bit of a bit of a mystery. Center's important as much as we love to talk about left tackles. Like center's a very important position. That's your quarterback, your line. Like I yeah. You and you won't have you won't have continuity or cohesion immediately because you're bringing in enough new pieces. So I if I think my thesis on the offensive line for this team and one of their biggest roster holds is if this offensive line is good and like you said, I can envision the ceiling you're picturing middle of the pack. I don't I don't picture it till after the buy. Could you could you see something like that where hey these new pieces are better? but they just lack the continuity and cohesion to be better immediately where it's not the absolute God awful dumpster fire horseshit we saw last year. It's a little better. It just keeps getting better. And then by the, you know, getting closer to the buy, it's like, you know what? This is a, this is a serviceable offensive line that isn't going to get this young star. Killed. I think that is, he's only going to get sacked. Like I think 40 that is times. a, I think that is a super, super reasonable expectation. Yeah. And wait until we get to the schedule, and we'll bring that back up. Um, okay, so in general, uh, I. By the way, Mike Fuchs yeah, covered in. He Did covered he cover? In, despite oh, getting word. bageled in the fourth set, he didn't oh, cover good work, bro. Good before work. and out. Good job by Fuchs. Um, the uh, yeah, so in general, they upgraded the squad. They nibbled. They didn't put all their chips on the table, even though they are going to have more money than God uh, going forward. Um, and I blame Mike Brown. He is literally looking at how much he's going to have mm. to pay these guys and is like, better start building the war chest now. Uh, and I'm sure that's kind of part of it. And it's it's a shame on him because God knows how many uh, he'll be around, for, how many runs he'll be around for. And they are built to win now. Um, but all that said, it is a, um, it is a very clear, uh, opportunity for them. You know, they, that they, 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 they're still upgraded even that, even though it wasn't like they didn't go get Toronto Armstead, they didn't trade for, uh, an elite cornerback. Right. So be it. Lyle Collins is fine. Um, the roster holes though are for real. And the most obvious one, I think is left cornerback. Eli Apple is a problem, but 
Uh, I think between Jesse Bates and Von Bell, who are outstanding safety duo, and the Dax Hill acquisition in the draft, who looks to be able to step in and provide some kind of bounce from your secondary, I think you can cover and give you know shade help with Eli Apple a bit. Um, Mike Hilton, fine nickelback. Um, Awuzie, fine right cornerback. Um, but the secondary, particularly the cornerbacks, do look vulnerable. Good thing though. Yeah, you Eli know, you know it's is good? just a penalty, a walking penalty flag, and then uh, I guess we hope Jesse Bates is happy. Yeah. Oh no, I think that. And again, like speaking of Mike Brown, cheap, like pay that guy. Well, yeah, that's what the thing. Like doing. Why, yeah, why, why are you? You, you hope he's. You hope he's it? not disgruntled because yeah. he's a big part of what you need on that uh, on that defensive side of the ball to be. Yeah. Working so out let's so let's kind of look at the. Um, the secondary a little bit more. It is a hole. You agree? That's their biggest hole. Yeah, obviously hole? Hendrickson's great up front. You got nice pieces Sam Hubbard, there. Also the, the, excellent. Yes, Hubbard. Um, through the middle, it's fine. Like your front seven is above average. Not yes. great, above average. Secondary yes. is your weakness there for sure. And yeah, Eli Apple is, I don't know, like boom or bust with a heavy lean towards bust because he's going to give up some big penalty yardage. I don't know if you heard, but defensive uh, pass interference penalties are super, super <laughs> penal. Uh, oftentimes. They so, are. Um, they are. He's, they are. he's a bit um, of an issue. So. You know what's good, though? Um, the Ravens don't have any, uh, any uh, wide receivers. <clears throat> and uh, the Browns only have Amari Cooper. And, uh, and the Steelers don't have the Steelers don't have a quarterback who can throw to the left side of the field. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, good news for you, <laughs> Eli Apple, is that in division, you are not going to get tested much. Um, now, against the Bills and the Chiefs, now that opens up, you know, that opens up an opportunity for an absolute score fest. Those games are going to be sick. Um, but f- fundamentally, like, this, I don't think your key weaknesses, your roster holes, match up in a way that dooms you in division. Do you agree with that? No, and, and that's where I have this team is like, hey, this team wins 11 games. And then if people are better prepared for this kind of offense and you're facing, I mean, you name the kind of teams that they may face in the first round of the playoffs. If Baltimore ends up a game better than them, or even if they mm-hmm. do win this division, like, you know, yeah. Eli Apple is a big problem if you need to try to advance past. Yeah. You know, if you got to go on the road to Arrowhead or to, to Buffalo, um, not that they didn't yeah. do it last year and they, you know, the Titans are a different kind of beast, but it's, <clears throat> yeah. it's very difficult. So it's, it's like I said, I have this team as yeah. a good playoff team who. Yeah. I also, I also think, I also think Anna, I think Anna Rumo as a defensive coordinator is, this is probably as last year in Cincy and not because he's getting fired, but because somebody's going to come and take him from you. I think that guy yeah, has, he, that guy showed you a couple of key, key, key things last year. Cause guess what? What, what is, you know, think of one type of game state that you just never really saw with the Bengals, a blown lead. This team did not blow leads, but you know what they did? They came back. They came back yeah. a couple of times <laughs> from down 14 against the Chiefs. Like yeah, six from some tough from some tough spots, they came back. And so I think that points to a defensive coordinator who was able to in-game evaluate what the opponent's offensive game plan was and make good adjustments with the pieces he had last year. That, and I that's think that's something, super I believe valuable. I read that. I think I read that in Football Outsiders. Uh, they talked about Anarumo a bit and basically said he, I'm going to say this in a negative way, but I don't mean it this way, lacked an identity as a defense and a defensive coordinator but they kind of posed it as a positive a where, yeah. Yeah. Where they pose it's like, to hey, his benefit. Know, right. Yeah. It's like, Hey, you know, you, you talk about this team blitzes so much, or this team always plays this, you know, one-on-one with their lockdown corners. Like they, you never really quite knew what you were going to get. And it might've been a, a shitty ish roster in some spots. And obviously it's Trey Hendrickson. That was great to get that out of him. And maybe part of that was the ever changing scheme, but um, what do we talk about with play action passing and safeties that are ab, you know, ambiguous to what part of the field they're going to be in every single play being surprising, being unpredictable is the key to winning in the NFL, because if you're predictable, it's just a matter of, well, 
it's checkers, not chess at that point. You can just jump their kings and do whatever you want and such is life. But yeah, when you're dealt a hand like that, and it's it's kind of the opposite of what we talked about with Seattle. Like Seattle had huge problems with the defense and he just, you know, it was like a, you know, a guy trying to hold up a hold up a flood. Like a, <laughs> the little boy sticking his finger in the dike, except there's holes yeah. popping out everywhere and Seattle just couldn't do anything. This was a, a very I don't know, admirable job with, you know, a middle, middle of the pack to below average defense yeah. roster. Yeah. Mike, Mike White dink and dunked on him. But by the time he got to the end of the season, though, though a lot of those or the next holes, week, a lot of the holes were patched. Yeah. The next week was bad too. Yeah. Um, Baker Mayfield dink and dunk on him. I don't remember how Baker Mayfield beat them. Um, but yeah, this is, I, yeah, I, I think fundamentally the coaching the coordinating and uh, you know, in general makes up for the roster holes, the roster holes being on defense. Oh, Oh, you're off ball. Linebackers aren't like all pro. Eh, so what? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, 22. So it's, what? it's not 1998. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, I think fundamentally um, special teams look solid. Uh, offense is rostered like an absolute thoroughbred here. Uh, <laughs> good Lord. Chase Higgins, Boyd, um, I guess depth after those three is a, pro, a little bit of a question. The other, the wide receiver four and five, Stanley Morgan and Trent Taylor are huge unknown quantities. But Hayden yeah, Hurst is a solid. Would you trade Chase for like depth though? I'd rather have one, two, three like that and just worry about it later. I would a hundred percent rather have yeah. that. Yeah, and I if mean, you because presumably you lose one no of those three guys, you still because Hayden Hurst, you're not counting on him being a blocking you know you're not counting on needing him in the blocking game as much as you have in the past with your tight ends and they can go a lot they, this this team can go 22 and get decent run blocking out of some of their depth at uh tight end there they rostered four tight ends for some reason i don't 100 know why um the uh the overall though the offense looks like an absolute ferrari to me and i think that uh you know it it stands above uh, the offensive depth um, that you have in division, which matters to me. All right. Sell me this pen with the schedule then. I okay, kinda, let's take a look. I, mean, I, I can kind of see the spots you're going to pick on already, but there's some, there's some spots and we talked about, you know, we talked about Cleveland and I mean, if the Jacoby Brissett experience doesn't work out, what a stretch going into your bye. Yeah. Even coming out of your bye at Pittsburgh, the first well, just, ten, well, the first ten games of your season, that looks like seven or eight wins to me. So here's the thing: the two there is still hidden edge in this when you have a team that is coming off of a really, really solid end to their previous season, and then they start their season as weak as this is in terms of you know just strength of opponent uh, and situational stuff. Um, you are a bet on. And you look down the home stretch here, and it looks like absolute hell. You're going to have to go against Tennessee, KC, Cleveland, T Tampa, New England, Buffalo, Baltimore to finish out your schedule. But when you have a lopsided schedule like this, where your your first ten games are set up for you to go seven and three, eight and two, and your late games are your tough ones, that is a bet on variance because. Who the hell knows? Yeah, what is going to happen? I don't. I don't. I'm not going to wish. Yeah, I'm not wishing year. ill on anybody. But there are three obvious but, reasons, Andy. You ready for the three? The yeah, first Tom, one is Tom Brady and Josh yeah. Allen may not play those games. I mean, there's that's right. The quarterbacks there's, get injured all the damn time. Those teams are. Do, do you think they're three point underdogs at Tampa if if Tom Brady's not at the home? Like big things happen, and they you know the closer the games are to the end of the season, the bigger the variance is going to be. Yeah. So here, so here's here are the main three reasons why this is a bet on now with this schedule. The first is lopsidedness. Yeah. If it's lopsided, then the first reason is these are all obvious. But I had to say it out loud anyway. If they do well early in the season, their price will get shorter. Period. Like the market is soft on these guys right now. They are not lined like they are in the same you know stratosphere as Kansas City, Buffalo, and the Chargers even, right? The Chargers who had to have yet to even play a playoff game as a unit, their line does not as good, right? 
And so if they go out and they're say seven and one, six and two, seven and two, eight and two, then you are set up for um, the market shortening on them. The second obvious reason is when you're lopsided, we don't know if the teams at the bottom who you are currently pickums against or dogs against, if they will be good at that point in the season because of injuries. And even if they are good, then you have plenty of opportunities to capture equity between now and then. And I look at uh, I look at the point you made about the offensive line potentially gelling as you're coming out of your bye. What better time? You're going at Pittsburgh and facing TJ Watt. Company. You're going at Tennessee and facing Jeffrey Simmons and company. You're going head to head with KC and, and Miles Garrett, and then uh, you know the 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 absolute horses Tampa that Tampa has defense, on defense. Belichick's scheme, Von Two Miller and Buffalo. Like that is when you want your offensive line to be clicking the most. And I think this is set up well for exactly that. So it's, I, I am, I'm just not, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sure where the bear case is for these guys. I don't see it. And I think a lot of these it's games are going to be set, very different by the time we get there. Case. It's the combination of those pass rushes you named, and then some of the secondaries that go with it. Like how many we'll, teams? You know, yeah. We'll, so we'll you, see, you, yeah. You know, it, it's it's still, and, and somebody pointed this in the chat. Various variance cuts both ways, but if it cuts against you, it doesn't matter what the other teams do. Like if if you're saying like Joe Burrow and a receiver get hurt, then nothing else matters. It doesn't matter yeah. what the other teams do. You're yeah. dead. Okay. So and then a, a quick point yeah. too to like betting market entry. The first thing I looked at when I said, looked at this, you know, I said, well, if I'm betting since I'm betting them now, I have to, they have a soft start. But I said, if I'm betting Baltimore, am I maybe betting them late? Yeah, because oh, yeah. Since, he, oh, yeah. since he has this tough schedule. And then, so it was like the galaxy brain and you get to the last one. It's like, do I take a Baltimore to win the division price? Or am I just basically betting them in the last game? <laughs> It's the yeah. same fucking thing. So, yeah. um, and that, yeah, somebody just pointed that in the chat too. That could be a, that could be for all the marbles, which would be yeah. just so fun if we okay. can get that one. So looking at the schedule, Andy, let's go down from the top and you tell me when we get to a team that has a top 10 quarterback and more than one bona fide wide receiver. Pittsburgh? Week two. No. Dallas? They have more than one bona fide wide receiver? Who else it is will who else later in the season? Don't worry, Drew. Da- Dallas week two. Oh, later Dallas in the season. Yeah, Gallup's not taking the field week two. No, no, no. no. I think you you blanket C- CD Lamb there and you make them beat you with anyone uh, else. I, I think you're really underselling camp superstar Mr. Tolbert. Uh, I I don't think I I don't think he's okay. bad. I, I I think that's going to be a problem with it. It wouldn't be so bad if it was you know those two on Pittsburgh, but. Tolbert with a good quarterback and the offensive line is having some issues down in Dallas. That's not an easy game. Not an easy game. I'm not saying that they should be going off. No, but that's a very good quarterback who has two great running backs. One used to be a great running back. One is that really, I think is great. And they're going to use those guys in the passing game quite a bit. That Dallas offense isn't going to be as shitty as we think. And it's at Dallas. That's a toughie. Then Um, you go a while. Then you go a while. Yeah. Jets, maybe, Miami, maybe to Baltimore, the New Orleans. That New Orleans one, you got Thomas to, and Olave potentially to deal with, and Winston. Yeah, James is good. That's, I mean, gets, yeah. It's a tough one. He, he, his ceiling yeah. is, and it's in New Orleans, which is a tough place to play. I, yeah. I'm not sure how familiar Burrow is with the Louisiana area, but yeah. that's uh, that's not easy to go to. Yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta, no, nope. They don't have Cleveland. No. Is uh, Brissette, Cleveland doesn't have Carolina. It. No, Carolina, no. I, Mayfield, what, what, Mayfield what, does what, have your number a little bit. So who the hell? And knows? and uh, Baker has played at a high enough level, and they have like they have a couple. Honestly, weapons, out of yeah. all the receiving cards we just listed, Carolina's is. I mean, Dallas's is the best when it's healthy, but all the receiving cards we went through, yeah. Miami, Miami, and Carolina are scary. 
You know what Carolina is, though? That's you Miami take has the receivers you take, and just doesn't. Carolina is you take the eight and a half points. I'm not worried about them. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about <laughs> that's a, you just take the points. Uh, and then a, Pittsburgh again, and we love it. So basically, sneaky, sleepy we're at like, we're at like, you know, Baltimore is a coin flip just because Lamar Jackson, I guess. But boy, oh boy, did you match up well against Baltimore both times you played them last year. Um, but we'll leave that Baltimore one of the coin flip week five. New Orleans, tough. Dallas, tough. Carolina, maybe you don't cover. But otherwise, this looks like eight and two to me as your median outcome through 10 weeks. And at that point, again, like maybe only the Chargers are ahead of you in terms of win loss at that point. Um, maybe Buffalo, maybe KC. But if either Buffalo or KC stumbles early, uh, you know, doesn't really have any intensity of trying to go wire to wire, um, then. You know, potentially, uh, you know, potentially you could be in the clear for the AFC one seat at that point, at which point the market is uh, just come, to, you know, is bowing down. Um, Tennessee, you know who KC, is in, Cleveland, you know who's in the spot for the AFC one seed come week 11, week 12 last year? Uh, I think it was Baltimore. The eight and three Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. at that point, attrition just caught up, and they had a tough schedule too. But it went pear shaped there, and after that, but... yeah, it went all pear shaped. But yeah, tough, tough landing. <laughs> but if if you can make hay when the sun's shining early in the season, and you just weather that storm that is the last seven weeks, yeah, you you win you win enough games to be playing in the playoffs again, and that just even if it's not your year to go back to the Super Bowl because the AFC is so tough and probably playing a road game or two again, hard to do it again. It's just more experience for this young team in the playoffs. Yeah. And you just keep filling up these holes and uh, this team is in such a good spot from a roster construction and contract standpoint that yep. if they spend a little, we're uh, looking good. So did yep. you, I mean, we're building to this. Did you bet something? Already? Yes. Because Let's look at the odds. odds. All right. Pull the odds up. Uh, to win the Super Bowl is 22 to 1. To win the AFC is 12 to 1. To win the AFC North plus 170. Make the playoffs, yes, is minus 134. Their win total over under nine and a half. I like two bets. I like an all to over win total, and I like to win the AFC North. Ten and a half, or what'd you do? Ten and a half. Okay. Is a bet. Don't hate it. Uh, to plus, win the AFC. Plus 150 ish? Plus one, I think I got 165 or something like that. Nice. Um, I bet two in the AFC North at a better number than plus 170. You can still get plus 170 out there, but uh, that is my currently, as we stand here today, that is my biggest edge on a division win price across the entire NFL. I went, uh, I went Chase Diggs in the fantasy league we we're drafting currently. Ah, oh, Christ, you asshole. I, I was on auto traft, buddy. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> um, I have Burrow. All right. Betty, <laughs> so so, good. I mean, we, um, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. just touch on this real quick because we've already gone a little long in the Bengals. But the betting plan of attack is if you're betting the Bengals, bet them now. Somebody in the chat yeah. brought this up too. If you're facing a defense that blitzes, if you're bets at betting, uh, you know, follow your defensive coordinators, your defensive tendencies. If you're facing a team that relies on the blitz to get pressure, those those wide receivers are going to be out on islands and nobody has three number one. Well, we did go over one team that probably has four number one corners, but um, they're not in the AFC West this year. So uh, they don't play I will either. say I, they don't play them. I will say like there's going to be receivers out on islands against people who can't guard them. If you have to blitz to bring pressure yeah. and he will again, torch the blitz uh, Sam Lipscomb saying it. So it's uh and Dan, Dan, on point. If the Bengals <laughs> go four and thirteen this year, do we skip previewing them next year? Probably. We just do tw- thirty-one next year. Well, I mean, that's but, because if that happens, that's because uh, Burrow. That's probably an injury. Nuke. So betting plan of attack early, often, and I will be betting them against teams who I think are very liable to be burnt by this offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That said, I'm holding off Week One. I think I don't. I think they win Week One against the Steelers, but I'm not loving idea of laying those points i don't like laying it early in a divisional no, game yuck no 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 no. but i also would not fall into the steelers fall in love with the steelers in that spot either that looks well, like that num- that, i think that, that looks like a fair. perfect number yeah six six is fair for me